Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello, everyone, and welcome to FBL Question Time, our third one on a Thursday night from Fantasy Football Scout. We've had a different person uh, from the community, a different expert. They don't like that term, actually. They're not all experts, experts either. Pundits is probably a good term. Three different pundits. I mean, I can see Andy listening. He was last week. He's definitely not an expert. We all know that. So, uh, yeah, no, he was great. Uh, thank you, Payne. Um, Yeah, we're going to... Today, we've got a very special guest. We've got FF Scout, Mark, Mark Southerns. If you don't know who Mark is, Mark started Fantasy Football Scout back in 2007. And he is now still part, very much part of the team. And he runs FPL Black Box with us uh, on YouTube. Hello, Mark. How are you? Mark? Hello. Sorry, Hello. I, I had the mic off. Technical difficulties. Hello. I'm all good. How are you? How's it I, I, Yeah, I'm, I, I, I mean, I'm good. I'm good. Are you, uh, you excited for the season? Are you getting, is it sort of ramping up now? It's getting there. I was watching Forest Leeds first half there. That was uh, not doing much to excite me. But yeah, I'm, it's, it's ramping up a bit, a little bit. I'm, I'm quite impressed with the sharpness of some of the other teams. Um, certainly not Forest, but what I've seen so far... Um, Teams look on it, don't they? So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the start in a couple of weeks. It's coming too soon, though. I'm not ready. Yeah, oh, well, I've, I don't think I've ever been ready for FPL, even halfway through the season. I'm never ready. I don't know what I'm doing. But I'm hoping this year, you know, working for Scout, got that free Scout membership, which is the only reason I joined, you know, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to beat you, Mark. That's, that's, that's my aim. Beat you and beat General, and I'm, I'm happy. Uh, and I'll obviously be, beat Andy if I do that, so, so that's good. Um, yeah, no, so um, so thank you, everyone. The way this works, if you've never logged in before to an FPL question time is, um, if you want to speak, just request. I can already see someone's requested. Just request to speak. I'll allow you to speak, and then you can ask your question of uh, Mark. I imagine you're going to want to ask Mark the questions, and that's fine. So uh, keep them FPL-related if possible. We, can, we don't mind a few tangents, but feel free to request to speak. In fact, Mark, we've got our first question, I think, already. From a chap called George. George, hello. Unmute yourself and ask your question. You're still muted, uh, George. Hello. Okay. Hello. Hello. Um, my question is, uh, who do you think the best 4.5 million defender rotation is? Oh, 4.5 million defender rotation. What, as in two 4.5s that you can rotate amongst? 
Yes. Okay. What do you reckon, Mark? Have you got a, an answer to the top of, t- tip of your tongue? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't looked at a pairing. Um, I I kind of I think early doors I looked at Tarkowski and Henry as two that looked pretty good. Uh, I think that was touted quite a lot as a rotation pair that worked well. Mm. Um, I have gone for I have gone for a four-five defender at the moment. So I have gone for actually five active defenders. I haven't gone for a four million defender. So I've got Henry at the moment. And I probably will do that. Um, so I, I don't really go in for like a rotation pair that I religiously rotate week to week. It's more that I do look to get a rotation going in my back, in my defence. Yeah. With, with someone like a stupid hand. I, I mean, like a player like a stupid hand, I don't, I don't, I think everyone's going to have him. Whether we play him every week though, I don't know. I, I personally think I would get a Stupian and, and wouldn't necessarily have him. And I'd probably rotate him with someone like a Henry or a Tokowski. Um, I do like, although I don't like the Everton defence, I do like um, their threat set plays. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it's kind of at the moment, I'm looking at either Henry or Tokowski to start as my four or five. I will have one of them. But yeah, no, I know I I don't really go in for a rotation pairing at the back, so I haven't really looked into it in detail. But those two were the two that I did look at first of all as potentially rotating them match on match. Cool. And can I ask a question? So, 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 so sorry, George. I'm just going to follow up with that. I'll come back to you in a second. Have you got Sven Botman, who is a 4.5 million defender uh, in the joint best defence last season? Has that ever happened? Yeah, it's incredibly dull, though, isn't it? Going for Botman. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I had him at first. Obviously, I think everyone, all of us picked him straight away, didn't we? Um, mm. I don't think he's going to make my 11. Okay. I think he's a player that, um, it's, it's a very unglamorous pick. I don't think he's... It's a tricky pick. start. It's a tricky start. That's it's a very tricky it, start. Yeah. And that, so I haven't got any Newcastle players. I don't think many of us will. Botman will probably be the most popular Newcastle player going into the season. I do think there's just better, more attractive 4.5 options out there. Um, at the moment that kind of draw my eye. Um, so, no, I'm not going to go bottom. OK. George, back to you. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to then clarify. So you prefer a 5 million and a 4 million defender rather than two 4.5 million defenders? No, no, I don't. I'm, I've, I've got quite an expensive back line at the moment. Um, so I'm spending quite a bit back there. So I, I, li- I, I like to start the season with a bench that I can turn to. I... I probably want to have two active players on the bench. I, I probably will have a 4.5 forward that will, will unlikely get any kind of pitch time or minutes, both in my team and in reality. But I'll probably have two subs that I can bring in uh, or turn to because I, I like the idea of not being vulnerable to injury or suspension early on and force me into a transfer. Ideally, you want to get to, you want to get through game week one not make a transfer in game week two and 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 take the two transfers um, as you you know when you first make a transfer you've got two to play with mm. so in order to make sure of that I'll probably have two quite a bit of money on the bench not massive amount of money but at the moment I've, I'm probably going to have a four point five defender starting on the bench if it is Henry I'm not going to start him against Spurs um, but I am going to start four defenders at the moment game week one as it stands and have Henry on the bench and then. Probably a, a 5.5 or 6 or even a 6.5 midfielder on the bench as well um, with a rotation going on in midfield. It's probably the way I'm going to go. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, like to, I like to... 
I think at the start of the season, defences are one of the things that you can kind of pin your hat on to some extent. Um, I think they're one of the things you, that we know, for example, that City are going to be very strong in defence. So I think I will have a City defender. Arsenal have got good fixtures and they're, they're strong in defence. And so I'll probably have an Arsenal defender. And a Stupian, everyone's got him. I think the big decision is whether we have Trent or not. Um, I have at the moment. So I think I'm going to spend big in defence because I think it's it's a safe place to put your money early on. And someone like Trent is a nice nice place to store your money as a bank and then you can move it out if you want to move to Chilwell or something like that. So I'm spending quite big at the back. Okay, great. Thanks, Mark. And thank you, George, for your question. Let's get to the next one. Manprint, what is your question? Hey, Mark. How are you guys? How are you doing? Hey. Uh, my question was regarding the forwards up top. Uh, I have Haaland, of course. Uh, throughout, uh, since the game started, I've had Jesus. But looking at the preseason games, I'm looking at the price point between 6 to 7.5 million. So I've got uh, Visa, João Pedro from Brighton, uh, Jackson from Chelsea, and Darwin from uh, Liverpool. So do you think at the, those price, price points are something to look forward to? Or to start off with in game week one? Or should um, we go with the Dragon? Yeah, I, I think there's, there's a lot of options that are going to come into it very early on. I think Watkins, Darwin, and Cuckoo, Jackson... These are all players that will lightly tempt me, but I won't lightly start with them. I think I think it's I think it, there's a, the obvious route is to start Jesus and then move off him after the first couple of games, and that's probably what I'll do. I think that that gives you a couple of good fixtures. I'm not very optimistic about Forest going to the Emirates game week one. I think that Arsenal are going to score three, maybe four goals. So I, I think having Jesus is, or at least having two Arsenal attackers is probably very well advised. Palace away is a difficult second game, but you'd still think they're going to get something there. Um, so I think Jesus is just a very, very secure safety blanket option. And then you move off him, don't you? I mean, Chelsea have got that good turn of fixture from, I think, game week three or four onwards. So that's when you look at Jackson and then Cook. And, and the good move is, because Jesus is eight million, you can move to one of the Chelsea strikers really easily. You know, even if they go up in price, it's not a big deal. So, you know, moving off Jesus is really easy down to one of those Chelsea pairing. Or then if you leave it late, you hold Jesus for the after United. I think they also got United game week three, haven't they? Um if you hold him for that game, it's game week four. Say if you hold him beyond game week four, you can then look at Watkins after that because his fixtures turn good. And Darwin is the X factor. I mean I still think that Gakpo will start the season at Chelsea, um, but I think Darwin, we all think Darwin will will have a better season and will eventually be the first choice. So, yeah, his time will come as well, but I don't think I'd, I'd risk any of those game week one. I just think Jesus is, you know, it's a gift to start with him and then move off him. I think it's very easy to do. Cool. Great question. Great. We've got, Mark, we've got so many people requesting. It's brilliant. We've got seven or eight people requesting. So let's try and storm through them. Abby J, what is your question? Hey, hi, everyone. Uh, so my question to Mark is that, uh, you know, uh, do you think it's a wise strategy to maybe start with Salah and attack that uh, captaincy fixture versus Bournemouth? And in game week three, with so many midfielders, whoever raises the hand, then it's easy for me to move to them from Salah. Uh, do you think it's a wise strategy to do that? Uh, I wouldn't personally. I think it's very difficult. It's going to be very difficult to move off Salah. Um, I mean, if if you're getting him for game week two, why would you then move off him in game week three? Because he would have just delivered in game week two, presumably. So 
I, I think if you're getting Salah, you've got to think you're going to want to hold him. Um, so, and, and I think there's so many options around the 6.5 mark, like you say, that obviously they're not going to match Salah. But I think the value you can find there is 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 is, is strong. Um, so for me, I, I'm I've not really I've never had a draft with Salah. Any I have had a look, but I just don't like what it does. Um, you've, Holland's a given, obviously. Um, and I'd want Saka and one of Rashford or Bruno. And then I think, you know, if you're getting Salah, it's really going to cripple the rest of the, the team for me. So I obviously, if you want to go with that, presumably you're not going Trent then, because um, Trent's obviously a viable captain game week uh, three as well, game week two as well. Um, yeah, I, I, obviously it is. You're, you're going to get, you're going to be, your team's going to be very different to everybody else's if you go Salah because not only is that that one player, it's going to be several players that you're going to be different over to the template. Um, and you you can't go wrong with Salah. We know what he's capable of and that Bournemouth fixture is attractive. I will obviously hark back to the, what was it, the 7-0 last season? Was it even was it 9? No, 9-0 where he didn't even get an assist and I captained him in that game. So, you know, it's not a given that even if... It's not a given, first of all, that they thrash Bournemouth and it's not a given that Salah returns either because obviously there's a lot of attacking talent on the pitch. Um, I think I'd rather... I, I'm quite happy going into that game with Trent and maybe possibly captaining him in that game rather than... I wouldn't be worried about not having Salah. I don't think his ownership is going to be devastatingly high um, because a lot of managers who will like me want to save their transfer and not move to Salah after game week one. Yeah. So okay. um I wouldn't do it personally. Uh but you know if you're wedded to Salah and I know there's few people in the room I can see who are traditionally wedded to Salah, then fair play. Um you're gonna have a very different lineup and you know you're not taking a big risk with going Salah of course because he's such a great player. Yeah. Um brilliant. Thank you very much for your question. Thank you Mark for your answer. Let's go next to uh Phoenix Christian. Arsenal till I die, you see it says what is your question, Phoenix? You have to unmute yourself. Uh, hello. Hello. Um, I, I was wondering, is it essential to have three Arsenal players in your starting lineup? Great question. Uh, you, you will obviously think it is Phoenix, being an Arsenal fan, I presume? Yes, of course. Of course. Go on, Mark. Give us an unbiased well, view. I think that the fixtures are very strong for them. Um, and I think that opening fixture, like I say... <laughs> I do think they're going to profit. I think that there's going to be goals for them in that first game. And, I mean, they look very sharp against Bar- um, yeah, against Barcelona. I thought they were incredibly sharp. And against United, although they lost, they looked sharp enough. Um, there's so much talent there. I think it, the players that are likely to start for me, I mean, I think there's doubts over Martinelli, um, Havertz. Um, I think Odegaard, Saka and Jesus are probably likely starters game week one and two. Um, I think you've got to have two of them myself. Um, so I'm at the moment I'm on Jesus and Saka. And then at the back, yeah, I mean, Gabriel is, is too easy as a pick, I think. He's he's probably a, a season keeper, I would say, because he's he's obviously going to start all matches, if not, unless he's injured. And he has a threat from set plays and... At five million, it's it's too cheap for me. So I think that most are going to have at least one Arsenal defender and one Arsenal attacker. And I think, given the fixtures, you'll probably want to back two Arsenal attackers. So I wouldn't say it's essential, but I would say it's sensible 
for sure. Yeah. Um, Mark, we've got nearly 200 people in this space. It's amazing, amazing, amazing. Just before I take the next question, just 30 seconds, Mark. Why is getting a scout membership, free or paid, a good thing to do for your FPL season? You you invented the thing. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> I made the, the member there. Mm. Um, I think they... I think like the availability of data for me changed the game. Um, the way I played fantasy football, I, you know, when I created the members area, it was all about bringing Opta to people for the first time in, in the form it was in. Opta was around that time, was on websites. I think Squawker was out at the time. They were the first website to kind of like put tables out there and, and articles about data. And then we followed very shortly after and, I think for me, I still I still use the old sortable tables and the comparison tool religiously, and I just find them so valuable. They, you know, I, I obviously use rate my team and I use a ticker as well. I use I use rate my team and a lot, and I use other algorithms and models as well. But I do like to try and just mine the data and make tables, um, make custom tables, and do the work myself. If that makes sense, it's very yeah. interesting. I haven't gone on twitter a lot i haven't looked at any drafts and i've just used the fixture ticker and the data tables to pick a team so far and yet that team is incredibly similar to a lot of the templates and a lot of the algorithm templates as well and that's because you know if you if you get used to and experience using the tables that are in the members area you you start to be able to hone your skills at analyzing the data and i I love doing that i love getting better at using the data season on season so i think the membership because it gives you access to those tables and allows you to make custom tables and really learn about the data and how you want to use it and how you can use it i think it's i think it's invaluable if you're in if you're that way inclined then it's amazing well, for those of you who are that way inclined, then you can go to fantasyfootballfest.co.uk uh, fantasy, oh no. <laughs> fantasy and uh, too find many fingers in pies, Ed. Exactly. Let's take the next question from my uh, Matt. His name is Matt from uh, Australia, potentially. Uh, is that with Australia? Hello. How are you? Yeah. Hey, Ed. Um, actually, from the Cayman Islands, but it's okay. Brilliant. Um, it's a pleasure to be here, and Ed. I must say, you. I think you're the best agent that Game Week 39 has ever seen. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for that. And, and Mark, and Mark, pleasure to be able to speak to you as the godfather of FPL. <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> so my question to you is, as a Forest fanatic, yeah. right, you guys have recently signed uh, Ilanga. Yeah. So my question to you is, number one, what are your thoughts on the signing? And number two, do you see him as an FPL asset with, uh, within the first, say, 10, 12 weeks? Uh, no to the second part. I think that um, Alanga's, well, Alang what, 5 million? Um, good price. And and I think he'll need some time with Cooper to get our pattern of play and, and learn how we want to play. I think he, he's 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 going to suit our game because he's quick um, and direct and and that will stick out the way we play. So I'm excited about him. I don't, I don't think he'll be in the 11 initially and maybe not for a while. Um, I think he's a good signing because he's 21, right? So for starters, he's not he's not even included as part of the 25 man squad. So that's quite in, that's quite interesting for us because we've got so many players that we <laughs> that we uh, we don't we didn't want to sign a player that would be part of you know part of the 25. So it means we can he's an extra player effectively. So he's a talented player as well, and he's young, and it's a good age. And there's no one better uh, in terms of an English manager at working with young players and Cooper. Um, he's, his pedigree is fantastic bringing players through so 
I think we can reasonably expect him to improve at Forest, and he's already a prospect because he would, you know, he'd broken into the United team and had a run of games and good managers thought he was he was worth starting at United. So I'm I'm excited about what we can do with him. I think he's raw. I think it's going to take a few seasons uh, for him to kind of grow. Uh, so I wouldn't jump on him yet. I think I think Gibbs White is by far the best Forest asset so so far the best asset to get if you're going to get a Forest player. Um, and he's a million more, yes, but you know he's he's central to everything, and he's on penalties, and yeah, he's a fantastic player. I think Gibbs White is is already where he, you know, he's, he's his talent is there for all to see. Whereas Alanga's got more to come. Brilliant, thank you for that question. And we've got a scout uh, regular, Nuclear Atoms, who's here to ask a question. Nuclear Atoms, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks for having me. Hey, Mark, big fan, by the way. Uh, since you're such a stat-based manager, I wanted to ask a stats question. Yeah. Like, I've literally, like, seen you in your early days of Black Box, like, making, like, new ca- categories of FPL stats. Like, you were literally the Steve Jobs of <laughs> FPL stats. Uh, so, my question was, like, what makes you trust or delve into or rely on stats so much more than eye test or gut instincts? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I do. I don't think I rely on it more. I think I think I use it as a way of um, uh, kind of backing up what I see, or maybe contradicting what I see. I think I, it is very easy just to lose yourself in the data and not watch football. And I'm not endorsing that. I don't do that. And I think my best seasons have been when I've watched a lot of football and, and married that with analysis of data. And that's what I intend to do this season. So I don't. I don't. I don't advocate looking at data and, and neglecting the, the the eye test, if you like. But I think data can tell you stuff that you can't see. You can't be everywhere. Your eyes can't be everywhere on the pitch and you're going to miss things and you can't watch every match. Um, maybe you can if you're in certain countries, but you can't in the UK anyway. Um, so I, I love I, and I find it interesting. I love what data can tell me. I love working with it. Um, I always have. And I've, I've loved the fact that there's more and more data available each season and people are creating new new stats and new ways of using the data. It's fascinating. And it's left me behind, really. I don't have the time now to keep up with some of the others in the community. Or when I say community, it's the football community. It's, it's, you know, it's not just fantasy that uses data, of course. It's the wider data-driven football community is fantastic now. And there's some brilliant people on Twitter who do some great stuff. And I can only kind of read and admire what they do. Um, but I love doing my thing with the data that I've got available to me. And I love looking at, you know, angles that perhaps others haven't um, and trying to find things that are interesting and perhaps might influence my thinking. You've got to be careful. You can always kind of use data to kind of confirm your theories and stuff. That's what you've got to be mindful of. And I think over the years, I've got better at, at using the data. I think as a FBL manager, I'd start doing better when there's a good amount of data available from the season. So I struggle early season when there's not that data there. But then maybe after 10, 12 weeks when we're starting to see patterns and things are settling down, I go into the data that we've got and then I start getting stuff from it that helps me. So traditionally, I do much better in the second half of the season than I did last season. So that theory kind of holds true. So, yeah, I I just enjoy it. And um, I think it's only going to get better, I think. Scout and other sites are going to have data available now going forward and more and more as we go season on season. Yeah, 
No, no. Great question. Thank you for that. We're rattling through them. Uh, loads of people requesting. This is crazy. Uh, over 200 people now here as well. Brilliant. Thank you very much, everyone. Musa, what's your question? You'll have to unmute Musa. Okay, Moose is gone. Let's let in someone else. That happens sometimes, guys. This is live, live. You know, this is this this is the thing that happens when you uh, record uh, things live. Taron or ta Taron, I can't say your name. Sorry, but it's your go. What's your question? Hi, no, it's um, yes. First of all, a big fan of you, Mark, and of Fantasy Football Scout. Um, so my question uh, to Mark is, um, so I'm kind of on the squad with. Mosala right now, which uh, and uh, I kind of have twelve point five million remaining for a midfielder and a forward, and I've started with probably Calvert Lewin and Mbumo as my choices, and I'm right now at Edward and Sterling, so I'm kind of very confused about these two spots. Do you have any suggestions? So you got twelve point five to spend on on a on a forward oh, and midfield 12, combo. Twelve point five, yes. Yeah, yeah. midfield um, and a forward combo. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. So I think like when you go below 6-5 in midfield, the options are quite scarce. I have got Gibbs White at 6. Um, but then, you know, 6-5 forwards to Mario of that are difficult. There aren't many. Um, I think Calvert-Lewin at 6 million does look popular. Uh, I would possibly look at Wissa um, at Brentford. But then obviously you're ruling out Mbuma. You probably wouldn't want to pair up. Um, but I, I quite like Wissa to start the season. Um, if you haven't got Mbumo. So I would look at something like a, a Wissa, maybe Eze, if you've got Matoma already. Um, so if I, I don't know about Calvert-Lewin. I, I don't trust Everton. I don't trust Calvert-Lewin's fitness. Um, he's already broken down in pre-season. So, you know, when the season starts and the, and the strains of Premier League starts, I just don't know if he can chain three, four games together. It really depends on how long you, you, you need to rely on that forward. So I would lean toward Wisser and then a 6.5 midfielder. You've got quite a lot of choice there. If you want to take a risk, you could go in for Diaby at, at Villa or Barnes at Newcastle. But I would probably look at Eze, Matoma or Mbomo, but then doubling on Brentford wouldn't be advised. So Eze and Wisser, I would say. Great question. Thank you for that. Let's go to the next one. So many people asking. I know I keep saying that. Tanmoy, what's your question? Yeah, thanks for having me. So my question is like, is it a wise decision to start with some uh, Chelsea and uh, Spurs asset uh, considering the fixture swing in the game week three and four and banking some transfer or wait for 
of uh, to check whether uh, how they are performing because of the new managers they are having yeah i i i i favor the latter tactic i think that um obviously pre-seasons a good guide um i think chelsea in particular have got too many new players for us to jump on them from game week 1 i think jackson and Nkoku are are, are, are probably going to be in my team at some point and probably yours as well but I do I think they're a good idea for game week one Liverpool at home first fixture um, that that could go either I mean I think that's going to be a tight game I don't think there's going to be a lot of goals in that I mean it's difficult to read I would say that I'm going to avoid a Chelsea player to begin with but certainly certainly plan to get them in from game week three onwards um, I plan to take the two transfers into game week three and then likely move to two Chelsea players and maybe get off Brighton at that point. Um, so, you know, maybe Matoma will go and maybe Jesus will go down to a Chelsea attacker or I may go with Stupinan to Chilwell if I can get that 0-5 back by going Jesus to one of the Chelsea attackers. So I'm very much looking at Chelsea, but not from game week one. As for Spurs, yeah, Poro I like. Um, I like a lot. And if I had more courage, I might go Poro from game week one, but... I'm not going to, but I think, again, he's a player I'm looking at from game week three or four onwards. I think they got Bournemouth early on and they got a quite a decent run Spurs um, from that point on. Just looking now. Yeah, Bournemouth, Burnley, Sheffield United from three, four and five. So I'm looking at them then. So both Chelsea and Spurs are on my radar and that's the reason I want to take two transfers into game week three. Um, so I'm setting up to make sure I can do that. So I'm going to have a bench that I can absorb injuries and and get to game week two with a decent enough team that I don't need to make a transfer. Um, yeah. So I'm not going game week one, either of those teams. I'm, okay. I'm favouring the latter tactic. Let's wait and see, but definitely have them on the radar. Brilliant. Thank you for all your requests. We're going to first of all go to FPL uh, Grass FC, then ATL Spurs, and then I don't worry, I do see you, FPL Chad. I see you, FP, uh, Testimony. I see you. Jerov Kashyap, sorry if I'm pronouncing his names wrong, and I see you, FBL Thinker, and I see the others as well. So we are rattling through these. Let's go, FBL Grass FC. Thanks for having me on. My question is respect to Brighton. I really like the team, but I'm not really sure which assets to back. With Europe, I expect a lot of rotation, plus I think the returns are spread around a lot more. What's your view on that? Yeah, I agree. Which Brighton assets? Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I think, I think that the start is so strong, though. Uh, Luton Wolves, I think, I, 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 you know, for me, those two teams are probably going to be in the bottom three come the end of the season for me, the way it's going. I, I think Luton just aren't equipped to deal with Premier League football. I think that they're going to, they're going to come up, give it a go and very much prepare for the next season with the parachute money. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, maybe in the home games they can get some results, but we've got to think in recent years they look like one of the lesser equipped teams to come up. They'll have a style that might be effective, but I think they, the early spirit that they might show might get found out after three or four games and then, then we'll see them in the bottom three for the most of the season, if not all of it. And Wolves, things are very bad at Wolves by the looks of it. I mean... There's problems with the, the the money situation. Lopetegui's not happy. And when a manager's speaking pre-season about his discontent, uh, lack of transfers, things aren't well. Spirit isn't there. And I don't think... I think they were fortunate not to get dragged into it last season. So I think they're going to struggle. So I look at Brighton's first two fixtures and think, 
we've got to get we've got to get on them. I think you need one, if not two, of their players. Uh, I've got a stupid Yana Matoma, as most people have, and I think it right. makes sense. So, But I agree with you. Once they're in Europe and once that kicks in, given the choices that the Zerbi has got, they're not long-term prospects. I, I plan to get yeah. off of my Brighton assets quite early. Do you think Nciso, a lot of people obviously seeing Nciso a million less. Sorry if you just said this, I was just distracted for a second, but Nciso... Is that is that just too much of a risk in on expected minutes? Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm on Brighton for the first two games, so I want players who are going to start the first two games. And um, no, you can't be certain of any of them. But I think if you're going to you know grade players on their certainty of start, I put Matoma ahead of Inciso at the moment. So that's where I'm going. March March okay. is a March is a good option as well. Um, but as we've seen pre-season, Deserby's got so many options there. It's going to be very difficult to pin it down. But the, the the last friendly is normally a very good indicator of the first eleven for the first game. Um, yeah. And I think I think Matoma and Nstupian will get the first two games at least, and that's all I need them for probably. Cool. ATL Spurs. Hello again. Uh, how are you? And what's your question? Yeah, doing well. Doing well. Thanks for having me on. And Mark, pleasure. We uh, we met last year at Fest. Can't hear you. Here. Is that you just can me? Hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly. I remember you as well. Yes. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm doing well. I'm doing well, thanks. So you, you touched on uh, Pedro Porro just before. Yeah. Um, despite the fact that I'm a Spurs fan, I, I always like to get other people's insights on Spurs. Um, I wanted to ask about differentials in that team. We, you know, Pedro, I know people have Kane, people have maybe a Madison, but I know that there's other players in that team that could be interesting differentials. Udogi yeah. is probably going to be a starter. Yeah. Um, you have... Son, Madison, even Manor Solomon. So I, I wanted to get your, your thoughts on uh, Spurs differentials. Yeah, I, I, I do like Spurs after you know after the first couple of game weeks. Um, I like the manager. I like his mentality. Um, that run of Bournemouth, Burnley, Sheffield United is very strong. Um, and I'd hope that by then we see some form of pattern in the lineup and and tactics where we can jump on at least one Spurs player. Son is a player that I, I obviously I love Kane. We don't really know what's going to happen to his future, so at the moment, perhaps perhaps he's not a topic. Um, if Kane does go, then of course Son will be the player that will step forward as a talisman. Madison, we know about his qualities. I think we just need to see them. I think we just need to see them against you know strong opposition in the Premier League, and we'll get that opportunity in the first couple of games against Brentford and United. They're they're tough games. And that will give us opportunity to decide whether we want to move to them as well as Chelsea um, from game week three onwards. I think I'd, I'd, I'd definitely like Porro because the, the data that I saw last season suggested that he can be a factor uh, going forward um, with goals and assists. Now, whether he will be under the new manager, I don't know. I can't make that assumption yet. He looks like he's going to play a back four. So maybe Poro won't get forward as much, but it does look as though he's setting up to adjust to allow him to get forward. And Adugi, like you say, looks like a 4-5 starter as well. So it, I, I think they're fascinating. Could Azeski, of course, we haven't even mentioned him, brilliant player and could easily come into the equation even at 7 million. So, yeah, I like them a lot, but it's definitely a wait and see for me. Are you optimistic about their season? I think ATL Spurs has dropped off. Um, I, don't, I don't know whether, whether it happened for anyone else, but I couldn't hear a word she said, and I could just hear you go. No, I heard mm-hmm. every word. Mm. <laughs> okay, well, maybe it was just me. Anyway, she can request again, and I'll try and let her back in. But FPL, Chad, you've been waiting a while. What's your question? Nice to meet you. Hi, Mark. Hi, Ed. Thanks, thanks for having me. Uh, my question relates to Man City assets. So I just wanted to know, Mark, besides Haaland, 
Uh, what other Man City assets are you looking at um, as a second or third option? Uh, John Stones, for me. Um, I I think I want a City defender. Ake is tempting. Um, but obviously Cancelo's still about, which is a worry. Uh, and Lewis could play left-back as well, although he's been playing further forward. Uh, at the moment, if I'm going to have a City defender, it is Stones. Um, obviously, he's not playing in the back. He's playing in midfield. I do think that he'll start at Burnley because that's the kind of game that they're going to need Stones, I think. Um, and he'll probably start the Newcastle game. But I think you look at Sheffield United away, I think he starts that. So it's a lottery going with City, of course, because apart from Haaland, there is going to be rotation. And I think even with someone like Stones, um, you're not certain he's going to start. But I think I, uh, Pep likes him in that midfield pivot. And I think he will make that place his own. And and we saw that when he played there, he actually can contribute going forward as well. He's a good enough player where he can he can chip in with with assists and even goals. I think he ended the season with two goals, two assists, which he wouldn't have done if he was playing centre-back. So I like him at 5-5. Five, five. I think it's a good price. I think the start of the season strong for City. I think there's clean sheets all over that start. So... I want a City defender and that's who I'm going with. Would I go with another midfielder? Not yet. I mean, I see Foden in a lot of teams, but I just think there's a lot of value below Foden's price point and I do think the rotation is difficult to call. And so I want to see what happens to the City midfield before I make a call on another asset. But I'll probably start with Stone as well as Haaland. Brilliant. Thank you very much. The question, we're moving on. Let's go to, I just, who was it? I think Testimony, you were first. So let's take your question, then we'll come to... Drove and then FBL uh, thinker. So, testimony. What's your question? Hello, Mark. Um, good evening. So, my question is um, as regards the um, the goalkeepers, because I'm I love to start the season with a four point five goalkeeper, right. and the options I I can find um, the likes of Flecken, Redford, who are looked so far in preseason, still. Everybody seems to be going for a stupid hand, so I, I don't fancy the double up and the Brighton defense. Um, pick forward, I don't have defensively. Same with um, Johnstone. So I don't know at the moment who do you think is the best 4.5 million um, pounds um, goalkeeper, or do you think it's um, viable to stretch the 0.5 extra for someone like Onana? That's my question. Good. Good, good question. Goalkeepers. I, I want the answer to this as well, Mark. So come on, talk yeah, to us. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I look at it and think you, I, I wouldn't want to just have one 4.5. So if you're going a 4.5, you're looking at a pairing, like a Leno-Pickford pairing, which is very good. It looks strong, the rotation. So if you are, for me, I'm always spending 9 million. And if I'm always spending 9 million, I can afford a 5 million and a 4 million. So, so yeah. the 4.5 pairing is going to be better than the, the, the 5 million keeper. And I look at the five million. So what, why are you always spending nine, nine million? What, well, why because I don't half? trust, I don't like, I, mean, I don't think any of the four or five keepers are want to play home and away. Like a Pickford, I like him in a rotation with Leno, but I don't like him as a keeper I'd play week in, week out, and he's my only keeper. And I don't look at any of the four or five options and think, yeah, I want to play him every week. Um, so I would always want to pick two four fives if I picked one um, because I want a rotation. Um, it depends what you can do with the 0-5. If you really need that 0-5, you might be tempted to go with a Pickford and then a, a four million keeper like Ariola or Bentley. But I personally have gone um, with Anana 
I, I just think that's a gift. Um, five million for coverage of the United defence with good fixtures. Yes, Luke Shaw is there, but I think I mean, there's options with Gabriel Estupian, Trent, Stones and other four fives that you don't need to go Luke Shaw. I know he's more likely to get bonus, but you know it, the pressure then is on him getting for that extra 0-5, getting those attacking returns and bonus, whereas Anana just looks... He's going to start every game and United are going to be strong enough in defence and they've got good fixtures. So personally, I'm going a 4 million and a 5 million and I'm going Anana. Um, if I was going to four fives, I'd go a pair in and I'd go Pickford and Leno. But I, I don't think there's a four five that I would go to on its own without a, you know, without a pair. Okay, good. You, you, you knew your answer and you said it. Perfect. Druv. Is it Druv? I, I can't, yep. I, I don't know whether I'm saying the name right. I'm probably yep, not. Druv. Oh, good. Druv. Nice yes. to meet you, Drew. Nice What's your question? So, yeah. My question is more around the template, Mark. So last season, beginning of the season, I got really burned with the template or not following it or not following the formation. But towards the end, I did really well by not following it. So when do you follow your gut towards not following it and when do you really just don't fight it kind of thing? So... <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I love the question. Um yeah, I've I've consciously taken the decision this season to not look at other people's drafts on on Twitter. I've I still I'm still in Twitter, obviously I'm in it right now, but I'm I'm deliberately just passing any. You're you're not you're not Mark. You're in X. Okay, I'm in X. All right, God's sake. Yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm basically just flicking past every time I see a lineup. I'm not looking at it um, because I think I'm aware that my team is likely to be very aligned to the template. But that's okay. Um, I don't want to consciously take that in low and make that a thing because I think last season I did that and I deliberately went against the template and backed Kane and Son instead of going Jesus and Salah. And as we know, Jesus and Salah started the season very well and Kane and Son didn't. And that destroyed me. And then then I was catching up and then I made a bad decision with Haaland and then it all went wrong from there. So that was kind of like a domino effect of being influenced by what I saw on Twitter and being frustrated that my team was going to be very similar to everybody else's. So this season, I'm just picking my team with the ticker and the data and I'll run it through some models, but I won't look at what other people have done and what other people are picking and I won't look at ownership, probably. I haven't looked at ownership in terms of using it in the FBL site. I know that you know my team is well-owned. I don't need to look at ownership to know that people are picking the players up. My problem, Mark, is I, I don't look at what anyone else is doing and then I pick my own team, you know, that sounds good, but then I triple captain Allenson yeah. Maximan because well, I don't look at... Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you've got, I think if you're, you know, smart and intelligent and good like you, then that's good advice. If you're an idiot like me, it, just copy everyone it, it, else. It depends, right? <laughs> I mean, I know that I'm negatively influenced by the template. I know that I'll probably make some bad decisions by by deliberately wanting to go against the template. Whereas I know that yeah, that's the, I, I know that, there's yeah. managers out there who don't mind the template one bit and they actually find it reassuring that they're picking a team that's a template team. And, you know, that's their way of playing. I know I know myself as a manager and I know my drives and influences. So I'm trying to cut that out of my preseason so it doesn't negatively affect what I pick game week one. Now, my advice to you is do something similar because I think the template is there because they're they're wise, sensible, safe picks to start the season with. And what I learned from my mistakes last season was trying to push from game week one was the was a bad call. And 
I had plenty of time to push. And as it, as it happened, I managed to turn my season around in the second half of the season. So that proved to me that I don't need to push and roll the dice early on. I can bide my time and, and set myself up to make some transfer moves. And every now and then I'll push with one of those moves and hopefully make the difference that will gain rank. So I my advice would be to just embrace it, try not to be influenced negatively by a template and then rely on your transfers during the season. And of course, the chips in the second half of the season, the double game weeks where we can make up a lot of ground. Take comfort that there is plenty of time to make a difference and go against the grain. Uh, there'll be times when you can do it and exploit it. Um, but game week one is, isn't one of them. OK, brilliant. Thank you, Mark. Uh, next question from FBL Thinker. Not FPL yeah. Thinker, FBL yeah. Thinker. Love it. What's your question? Yeah. Thanks, Ed. Uh, uh, and it's great to speak to uh, Mark. I tried to interact with him many times, but fortunately, this is the one. Uh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi. Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to let you know that you are one of my, you are my favorite means uh, FPL guy. And I have learned FPL seeing you on the FPL show and on the Scoutcast. So it's, it's a big Thanks fan by much. moment for me. Thank you. That's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So my question is like... Uh, how much importance do we give to preseason uh, games, like players picking up form on preseason, mm-hmm. and uh, based on the eye test, and how many we should get in, and, and what is the optimal strategy in the beginning of the season? Let's say at the first eight weeks, how to go about it if we are uh, targeting a high finish, um, and means what you okay. do. Um, preseason, yeah, it's difficult. It's another thing that can easily influence you. Um, and we all remember the Balotelli season, for example. I think he got nine goals pre-season and for Wigan, didn't he? And then it was absolutely awful once the season started. I don't I don't think we can read anything, maybe a little into pre-season form. But what pre-season can be used for is to um, look at those teams who are, are coming out of pre-season in a positive way, with confidence, Um that look like they've got their system and tactics sorted. You can use it to assess likelihood of expected minutes. Um, so you can assess who's likely to be in starting lineups come game week one. You can look at tactical changes. So you can look at what we what we knew uh, going into preseason and what we know coming out of it and whether that's changed. So it might be that teams are setting up different uh, formations are different and or a new manager or a new player has come in and changed systems as a result. So you can learn a lot from pre-season, but I don't think what you can do is make a judgment on a player's ability and what they're going to offer once the season starts. I think history tells us that you can make assumptions based on someone's goals or assists in pre-season and then they dry up completely um, once the season starts. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't draw too much um, from form, but I would certainly take a lot from what you're seeing in terms of tactics, systems and and the, the confidence that teams are taking into the season. Some teams will have good pre-seasons and some will have average to poor ones and that will probably have an impact when we start game week one. So I would say that. And then as for your, ta- your approach over the first eight game weeks, I think patience. I think I said just now about don't be perturbed by your team being close to the template. Uh, try and ignore that and don't be negatively affected by it. And I think this season, more than most, given the options that we got in midfield and the and the options for players that perhaps we're not going to look at for game week one. I'm talking players like Darwin and Watkins, uh, Jackson, uh, Son, Poro, Chilwell. All those players are excellent FBL assets, but they're probably not going to be in our lineups in game week one. Uh, 
So what you've got to do and what I would advise you to do is sit and plan your transfers over those three, four, five game weeks to come and make sure you're set up in terms of flexibility with price points in your team so you can move to those players easily and efficiently uh, and make sure you've got a bench so you're not forced into making early transfers that aren't towards those players because you might get an injury game week one and then before you know it, you've got to then you know, change Saka to another player and because you haven't got anyone on your bench for game week two, Saka might only be a doubt, but then you can't, you know, you haven't got an 11, so you've got to make a change. So set your team up so you can absorb a few injuries early on and have a plan for how you're going to move to those players, some of those players I listed or maybe more that perhaps you don't want to take a risk on in game week one, but you certainly want to look at from game week three or four onwards. And I think there's a lot of them. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of talent that's going to come through early on that we'll want to jump on. Yeah. And talking about sort of general tips to be good at FPL, I, I can see FPL General is listening, uh, who was on Spaces a couple of weeks ago, and he's got a great uh, podcast episode in his podcast, the 59th Minute Podcast, FPL Podcast, which is amazing. And he does top 10 tips to have a successful season. It's a really, really good episode. So look out for that. Next question, Teslim. Hello, Teslim. You've been waiting a while. Thank you. Unmute yourself and ask your question. Yeah, hi guys. Um, thank you for the opportunity to speak. Um, yeah, hi Mark. Um, my question is based on the Arsenal assets. So after yesterday, um, the Arsenal game against um, Barcelona, we saw Saka take a pen and miss the pen, and I was wary of this happening. And what does this do? I know this may be too early actually, but what does this do for his viability as an as an FPL option, right? Um, Saka and then Jesus not. Arsenal scoring five goals and I don't think he was he he was involved in anyone. Um I have both of them at the moment and I'm looking to I'm genuinely looking to take both of them off because I think um Odegaard takes pens off Saka when the season comes. Is that like if Saka is off pens, is that a good is that a good move to make? Great question, Tesla. I'm just before you uh, answer, Mark. I just wanted to let you know that Forrester. I know. I'm watching. Now. Yeah, I just saw. I just turned it on and saw. Um, God, dear, I expected that. Is what I mean. And that's probably. And what I would say as well, Forrest don't have a left back, so I would not be taking Saka out of my team at all because we're going to start the season probably <laughs> with Nico Williams playing left back. And I know he plays there for Wales, but even so, that's not ideal. Um, okay. I don't think. Yes, I saw Saka miss the penalty, but I also saw Saka cause Barcelona a load of problems. And I thought he was Arsenal's best attacking player. So I didn't leave that game thinking, well, I need to take Saka out because he missed the pen. I, I, if anything, I felt that he was by far the best attacking option that Arsenal have got. He's probably the most assured starter. Um, and I think he's going to develop as a player again this season and probably beat his returns of previous seasons. Odegaard is fantastic and I would want Odegaard as my next Arsenal attacking player. I certainly prefer him to Jesus, but Jesus gives me the flexibility to move off him early on to other attackers I've mentioned like Jackson and Cuckoo, Watkins, Darwin. And that flexibility is going to be important. So if you don't have Jesus, you know, you might end up then with a cheaper striker and then you can't move to one of those Chelsea players or to Darwin should they fly you'd have to make several transfers to do that. And that's less flexibility. And I do think while Jesus didn't get anything in terms of points from the Barcelona game, Arsenal will beat Forrest, I think, by three, four goals. So I think there's every chance he'll get something against Forrest anyway. And then they go to Palace. And yeah, it's not, not a difficult, it's a difficult game, but 
I don't see Jesus being a long-term thing. Saka, though, I still think Saka over Odegaard for me. I still think it's very close, but I'd still go with Saka. I don't think it's a given he's going to lose penalties. Um, you know, we saw Saka miss a pen for England and Arsenal backed him by leaving him on pens. I think for that reason, they won't take pens off him. I think it's quite a sensitive thing for him, <laughs> not missing penalties and then backing him to take pens. I think he'll keep them myself. But Odegaard, I, I admire greatly. I'd like to get Odegaard in my team. Um, and hopefully at one point he will be, but I'm going to keep with Saka and Jesus for the flexibility and the assured starts. And I still think Saka's a better option. Brilliant. Thank you for the question. Let's go to someone who's been waiting for quite a while. So sorry, Saeed, but let's go for you. Saeed, what's your question? Hey, hi. Thanks for the opportunity. Hey, Mark. Big fan. Uh, thanks for giving so much for the community. Uh, so my question is, with regarding to formation, right, uh, uh, over the last couple of seasons, we have seen, uh, uh, we have gone heavy on the defence and then moved to midfield. You yourself, there was a point in the season that you invested a lot on midfield, right? So uh, what is the ideal formation uh would you suggest to start with three five two with or three four three or just go with the balance four four two? I think I think three I think three a three four three is going to be. Um, I think yeah, for me, I'm playing two up front. I'll play five. I'll have five first choice midfielders, and I'll have probably five first choice defenders, and I'll be very flexible. Um, game week one at the moment, I'm probably going to go four four two. Game week two, it'll be three five two. Um, so I'll probably move between those two formations. I don't think having three forwards for me is is viable. I think there are forwards there, but I think the value in midfield is so strong that we'll want to have five, I would say, active and contributing midfielders. Um, I don't think I'm going to go lower than six million for any of my midfielders. So I think I'm going to have five, six million and above um, and do some rotation with that and with a defender. And so my my formation will switch, but I don't think I'll ever have more than two strikers. Now, that's early on. It might change, and it might be that Darwin and Jackson change everything because if they do fly and they're both, you know, Darwin certainly looks capable of flourishing this season, Jackson showing signs that he could be first choice for Chelsea and they're going to improve under Poch, of course. So it might change, um, but I think that I'll start the season with two strikers and have five midfielders and probably five active defenders as well, just to give me that ability to rotate a bit and have a, a bench that can absorb any injuries so that I can make sure I can plan my transfers in. Um, so I think it's going to be an interesting one, though. I do think that Nkuku and Jackson and potentially Darwin could shake things up because if those three do flourish, then we may well move to three strikers at some point in the season but I don't think it's going to be early on yet. Great. Thank you for the question. We're going to go to FPL Posh Spice. What a name. FPL Posh Spice. And then we're going to go to Mickey after after this. So FPL Posh Spice. Yeah, hello. Uh, what do you think about the defence, Mark? Uh, are you considering double up from any team? Good question. Double ups from any teams in defence? No, not at the moment. I think the... There's a lot of choice there right now. I think an Arsenal defender, probably Gabriel, is going to be in most people's sides. I think Estupian, because of the start Brighton have got. And if you don't go steal, then you're going to have Estupian. Um, Trent is the big question mark. He's probably my favourite player in the Premier League. And 
I want to have him in my team, but and you know, there's every chance that he will be an absolute elite FBL asset this season. I think he will be, but the start for Liverpool is not great. Um, yes, the Bournemouth fixture is there, but around that, it, it's a little tricky. It gets better soon after, but I can see the merits of not starting with Trent, and I can see already that you know the the algorithms and the models are saying don't go with Trent because the money you get from that, you can maybe get. And a Bruno into midfield alongside Rashford and Saka, and you know you get that extra eight and a half nine million midfielder in there. Um, so I see the merits of that. I'm probably, I'm probably am going to back Trent and have him, so that I have him in place for game week two, and I don't need to bring him in for game week two. And I think not having any Liverpool for that fixture against Bournemouth, when there'll be a faction that have both Trent and Salah, or certainly one of those two, not having one of those two would be difficult. I think so. I'm going to start with Trent, I think, just because I want to avoid the FOMO and avoid forcing myself into a transfer early on to get him. So I think there's so much choice. I don't think there's a need to double up. And I don't think there's one defence that I would really endorse enough to double up on because Arsenal, yes, they've got good options, but you want two attackers. City, yes, but the rotation means that it's hard to find two defenders that you would pick. Newcastle, we're not going to get on them early doors. We're not even looking at Trippier, really, because of the fixtures. Um, you could with them eventually, with Trippier and Botman. Um, so they might well turn into be a double-up defence. But I just think there's so much choice, there's there's no need to do it at the moment. Sort of a wait and see, yeah. Um, Mickey, what's your question? Thanks for waiting. Yeah, OK. Hi, hi, Mark. My name is Mike. Yeah, I'm from Kenya. And so... I was asking about the Liverpool assets, looking at the forward line, because uh, David Nunes, the uh, Jota, together with uh, Gakpo, all those guys tend to be rotated a lot, and you don't kind of know who to who will start. Mm. Yeah, and there is also this other question: Are you guys keeping an eye on these promoted teams, and uh, which 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 players can you can you pick out from those promoted teams, which are a good for for FPL, yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, we, I, I think most FPL managers want Darwin to be a thing this season. Um, but I think that it's likely that Gapo is going to start at Chelsea. I think Klopp will probably prefer him for that game. Um, so I think it's going to take time for Liverpool's attack to settle down. We know that. I would say Salah and Diaz are probably first choice, um, but. The options that Klopp has got with Jota and Darwin there um, means that there's there's disruption available all the time. So it's a real risk, I think, to go with anyone other than Salah. Um, I'd love Jota to be a thing and I'd love Darwin to be a thing, but neither are, I don't think, to start the season. And I don't know if we will ever be secure over the course of the season to go with one of them, but I hope so, because I, I think I love, love them both as players and FBL assets, so I hope there'll be a point where we can back them with some security, but I don't think it's now. Um, Trent obviously will start every game. What we'll get from Trent in that position, I, I think he will play inverted. Whether he'll play the six or whether he'll play further forward, we'll have to see what that means. We'll have to see, but there's no doubt the talent he brings. And if you're Klopp, you're looking for, to get Trent on the ball and create. That's what his superpower is. So wherever he's playing, he will be doing that. Um, so I think Trent is 
the most obvious pick to go with over um, any Liverpool player at the moment, unless you're going with Salah and unless you're then taking on the template, which you would be if you go with Salah, because I think you'd have to break your team up enough where you would be going against it, which you know is valid because it's Salah, but it's brave, I think. Um, so for me, it's a wait and see on Liverpool, but it's very exciting and I just hope that we get a certainty there. In terms of the promoted teams, I think it's very difficult. Luton have got by far the best fixtures. So they're the team that are kind of attracting some attention with Morris up front. And their alliance on set plays will mean that I think some of their defenders will come into the equation as well. But there's so much choice in defence, as I've said. I don't think we need to turn to those teams for budget defenders unless you want a four million defender. Um, And then you're going Bell, um, probably from Luton. So at the moment, I don't think Luton are throwing us much in terms of prospects other than Morris up front if you're going a 5-5 forward. Um, Burnley will probably be the most successful of the promoted teams, but I don't, I don't think we know enough about them and how they're going to play and what they're going to offer yet for us to jump on them. There's some talent there, but mainly in the budget area again, and I don't think we need to turn to it. Hopefully, there'll be one or two players that emerge as options, but... I question whether we're going to need them. I mean, you know, we can build a team out of top six teams across the board normally. So I, I, I do wonder whether we'll be needing to plunder the promoted teams at all unless we're looking at four million prospects. And then that's likely to be their fringe players and not their key players. So at the moment, we're, we're, I'm not really putting too much effort into researching those teams because I don't think they're going to be a factor yet or maybe not at all. Uh, great question again. We're just going to do the last few. FPL retired. What's your question? FPL retired. You'll have to unmute yourself. It'd be a big shame if we do, you don't speak. You've been waiting for quite a while. Okay, let's get Akib. We'll give FPL retired a chance. Akib, what's your question? Hello, Mark. Uh, I uh, we all know most of us that you are a Nottinghamshire fan. Uh, so I am asking about uh, the current situation of goalkeeper position in your uh, Nottingham uh, team, yeah. and the Anthony Elenga situation and uh, uh, Morgan Gibbs White. Uh, if you can uh, tell us about yeah, that, um, I'm pretty sure Henderson will sign. I, I, I just think that's going to happen. Um, he, he wants to come. I don't think he's would consider going anywhere else and and you know he's you, you see him speak out on social media about the club when Alanga signed so he's he's come in I think so and Henderson with Steele is a good combination at 4-5 I mean I spoke about Pickford Leno is a good rotation but so is so is Henderson and Steele if you look at the Brighton Forest rotation it's fantastic I think it's a home fixture all the way through to like game week 19 um and Henderson He's a good FBL keeper. I think um, points per ninety. I think he ranked second last season. Um, so he's because he say he saved two penalties. Yes, but that's one of his abilities. He's a very good penalty saver. So um, Henderson's a good keeper to worth worth looking at once the once Forest settled down. But Forest start is a nightmare. It's four away games against top six sides, and uh, we're losing currently to Leeds two nil, um, which sums up our pre. 2-0 now. 2-0. So we, we've been dismal in pre-season. We've got injuries everywhere. Gibbs, White and Johnson haven't been on a pitch yet. Um, both our first-choice centre-backs are injured. We haven't got a keeper. We haven't got a left-back. We're all over the shop. So this is why I'm saying 
if you're thinking about not getting three Arsenal players, I think you're making a big mistake because I think they're going to beat us quite comfortably. Um, and they put five past us last time. I wouldn't be surprised to see it getting somewhere like that again. So I don't like saying it, but that's going to happen. We're going to start badly, I think. Um, so um, we have got two good home games, though. Um, Sheffield United and Burnley. Um, and so I'm looking at potentially having Gibbs-White for those games because I'd like to have a Forest player in those games when I go and see them. And I do think at home we're a very different side and I think we're capable of beating Sheffield United and Burnley. So, yes, you could excuse having one Forest player to start the season if he was on your bench and you were bringing him on for those games, but that's about it. Um, um, So, yeah, unfortunately. Mark, have you got time for two more questions? Yeah, Great. Okay. First, we'll go um, for Abdul Abdul Kadoos. Abdul Kadoos, what's your question? Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys, for giving us insights on FPL. So my question is um, pretty straightforward, although it's it combines a a whole lot of questions into into one. So, firstly, I'm 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 on Estupinian Chiwell, Ake Shaw as my defensive asset. Yeah. yeah. So uh, um, I'm looking at a scenario where Arnold or Liverpool is uh, Liverpool are not keeping clean sheets. Mm. So in that in that situation, do you think, regardless of whether Liverpool is playing Bournemouth in game week two, in that situation, do you think Arnold is still going to be a reasonable asset to keep? Because uh, although we all know we all know how valuable um, Arnold, Arnold is in the mm. game, but at, at that price, at 8.0, is essentially a midfielder, a midfielder that has um, that, that's going to be rewarded with clean sheets. Yeah. So if if I'm getting 8.0, if I, if I'm going to pick an 8.0 asset, I I don't know if it's going to worth it if it's, if I'm not getting clean sheets. If it's, it's only going to if I'm not getting clean sheets from him, so I don't know if it's better to just go flexible at the beginning of season or just hope on Arnold and hope that Liverpool is going to keep clean sheets. Yeah, I, it's a fair question. I think most of us are asking ourselves about Trent. Um, I think the problem is the risk. And, yeah, I think he could go one of two ways. I think like we could come out of game week two with Trent blanking and those who have got him see his price potentially dropping going into game week three because everyone's got it getting off him because he blanked against Bournemouth and everyone's getting on Chilwell because his fixtures are better. So... That could certainly be a scenario that happens. But equally, the scenario is you don't go Trent and he explodes against Bournemouth and then you can't move to him because moving from a defender to an 8 million defender is not going to be something you do with one move. So what are you doing? You're going to take a hit game week three? Um, you know, so I think the scenario of going without him and him exploding against Bournemouth and then you having to do a bit of surgery to get him is worse than the scenario of you start in the season with him and in blanking against Bournemouth because the worst case scenario there is you can decide, right, okay, do I hold him because I think he's going to come good or do I do move to Chilwell? That's not a difficult decision. Um, whereas if you don't go with him and he does well in game week two against Bournemouth, how are you going to get to him? You're not going to get to him easily because you're obviously going to spend that excess money. So you'd have to lose a good player to get to Trent and you probably have to do two, tra- well, you will have to do two transfers. So, that's not ideal. Not when you want to start looking at Chelsea and Spurs players and the likes of Watkins and Villa players in 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 game week three, four, and five. 
you don't want to be spending money getting Trent in or spending transfers getting Trent in. So I just think the risk outweighs the, uh, the risk outweighs that in that scenario. I'd rather go with Trent from the start, have him and have that security of him maybe exploding, right, and, and not having to move to him, uh, rather than being in the camp where you're hoping he blanks against Bournemouth. And yes, Liverpool might not keep keep clean sheets, but they had a pretty dismal season last season for defensive returns and yet they got 14 clean sheets now that was in a poor season only one team got more than that and that was Man United so I mean how bad is it going to get for Liverpool's defence this season are they going to do better or worse than 14 because you know a a player who's contributing goals and assists and getting 14 clean sheets that's going to do well that's going to be worth 8 million for me Mm. we just don't know you know whether Trent's going to flourish but what I saw in the end of last season and what I saw for England was a player who was growing into a role where he could be the creative hub of a team. And I think he will be for Liverpool. And that, that's mm. surely going to give us goals and assists. Um, so mm. I think it would be a risk not going with him. I can hear in the background some yapping from yeah, a, a little friend of yours. Is, is, that, is, that, is that as? Uh, no, not tonight. No, he's not here tonight. That, that is my that is my uh, marks in the chat. Um, I also own a sausage dog like Mark, like uh, like General. Um, we have almost okay. identical sausage dogs. But um, yeah, so um, maybe it's a thing that FBL marks have to own sausage dogs. I don't know. Well, don't any other FBL marks do um, email in because it's not time to uh, request now. Let's give last person the chance to speak. We tried last time. FPL retired. Go for it. Yeah, sorry, my phone died while I was about to speak. Uh, I've got a quick question about Onana. Um, bear with me just a second. So, if we all think like the top four, like the bookies would probably say, is going to be to the the two Manchester's Arsenal and Liverpool. Let's just say that. Mm. Now, those four teams are very attacking. Um, so, just like last year, you know, someone like Ramsdale and. Edison and Allison were bad picks because you used up a slot where you could have used it mm. for attackers, uh, you know, uh, pitch uh, who are on 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 the outfield. Um, wouldn't Onana be then a, a, a disadvantage because you couldn't get? Let's say you've got Bruno and Ashford, and Shaw really starts so assisting and going bombing forward. Um, wouldn't you then? be in a dilemma because you will have to make a take a hit or move your goalkeeper. The last thing I want to do in my FPL sort of season is is just transfer goalkeepers. So I think it's a complete waste of time. Yeah. So for that reason I don't like to have goalkeepers from attacking teams who who then use up a slot uh, where I could use it for like for example you wouldn't get Ramsdale if you could get Odegaard, Saka, Jesus, Gabriel, Saliba. So why would you go for Anana? And you have to leave your emotion out of it. Good question. I think that at the moment I look at you. Know, I mean, I, I, Luke Shaw's going to have to go some for me to go. Bloody hell! I've got to sell my keeper to get Luke Shaw. I mean, what are you expecting? What fifteen assists? You expecting Trent returns? I just don't see it. So I, I don't look at United at the moment and think there's another player other than Bruno and Rashford who's going to drive me to carry out that kind of surgery. Whereas with Arsenal. Yes, there are attacking players there that would do that. I don't think Luke Shaw's ever going to hit the heights that's going to make me go, oh, I really regret getting the United keeper now. He might prove me wrong. He might get he might get 11, 12 assists. He might get three or four goals. But 
he's got to stay fit, and that's never that's always seems to be an issue for Luke Shaw. And I also think there's other defenders, you know, like like Chilwell, um, like Poro, who could be real attacking monsters this season that probably will outscore Shaw anyway in terms of attacking returns. Um, so I don't see it right now. I think it's a valid point if United go and get um, Hoyland up front, maybe. Maybe he becomes an option for us and then, then there are free attackers. But I don't think, unless Sancho comes good, I don't think there is that third player yet in United that I cover and go, that's a danger to me. And I don't think Luke Shaw is that player. Okay, brilliant. Right, thank you. Before you go, two really important things to say. First of all, thank you very much, Mark, for that. Uh, we do this every Thursday. Uh, we're going to be doing it every Thursday, particularly in the preseason. So make sure you look out for FPL Thursdays. We're going to change the time probably next week because there's a big new YouTube show on Scouts YouTube starting tonight. It started at nine o'clock. It's live with Praz and Flapjack. So if you are leaving here, I do suggest going and trying that. I think that sounds like it's going to be great fun on Thursday nights at nine. We will probably move this back to eight next week so that we can then send you over if you want to do both. Listen to the spaces and the YouTube. Mark, thank you very much. I hope you'll come back on at yeah, some point. Yeah, no worries. That was lovely. Thank you, everyone, for um, all the questions and all the kind words. And uh, it's very humbling to come back and talk to some people after a few years not doing spaces and obviously all this time doing FBL stuff and still hear that people like my stuff and like hearing from me. That's very humbling. And, uh, yeah, thanks very much for everything. Brilliant. Uh, two two more things. I know I said two. Uh, one, come to Fantasy Football Fest, where Mark's going to be, General's going to be, I see him in the chat, I'm going to be. That's on the 11th of August. You can get your tickets at www.ff-fest.com. About 300 plus managers are coming, loads of stuff going on that's really going to be great. And then that's in London, by the way. And then secondly, if you want to win at FPL, join the home of Fantasy Football at www.fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. Thank you very much, everyone. We'll see you next week. <laughs>